Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. First issue. All right, we're back once again on Talking Comics, and I'm here with Steve, Bob, and Stephanie. Uh, and joining us is writer of Avengers, New Avengers, uh, the upcoming East of West, and of course, longtime writer on Fantastic Four, Mr. Jonathan Hickman. Thank you for joining us on Talking Comics. Cool, uh, good to be here. Uh, all right, so let me ask you a question. I saw you were talking about the other day uh, uh, creating a mashup of the Papal Conclave. Uh, <laughs> How did, how did that work out for you? Uh, I quit because the game was too good. Barcelona <laughs> was exquisite as usual, and, um, you know, you have to pay your proper respects. Besides, they're going to be at the Conclave for a week, man. <laughs> it's it's, it's, uh, it's going to be fascinating. Yeah. I, I would love to be inside there, as would anybody that, that kind of digs that, that kind of I don't know the the whole mythological nature of um, and mysterious kind of secret society junk that goes on inside the Vatican. It's fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, it, if you believe Dan Brown, uh, Hugh McGregor is just gonna you know he killed the Pope to try to take the seat himself. So. Uh, uh, well, I would hope I would come up with something better. But yes, okay, great. Yeah, well, I would. Yeah, we that. we would hope that as well, but. Maybe they have the, the a pope hat with like the Thor hammer on. Whosoever holds this hat, <laughs> whoever would be worthy. There you go. All right, uh, Bob. Why don't you start out with some questions here? Sure. Um, uh, just on a general thing before we get into the mm-hmm. more specifics. Uh, with such large story arcs, you know, your your first images sometimes get reflected backwards at the end. Do you work backwards from that conclusion, or through it from the beginning? Do you have that image in mind to start with? I generally know, uh, I, I assume you're talking about the Marvel stuff, mm-hmm. um, and I generally know how it begins and how it ends and all the all the major stopping points along the way. Uh, what happens is as I, as I begin to write it, um, uh, you hint at things to come, and then when you get to certain points, uh, connected tissue kind of... Well, it kind of forms out of nothing, and, and so you're able to reflect back and, and reference things and, um, uh, you know, just organically become something greater uh, in the doing as opposed to what was originally in my head. But it's it's all there. It just gets refined, and, you know, through that refinement, it's shinier and nicer and uh, something more palpable that everybody can enjoy, usually. Mm-hmm. Usually. <laughs> Could be bad. We'll see. 
Well, so I just recently, you know, for you coming on, reread your the FF run, you know, start to finish, having read it the first time, but see, reading it through a second in a huge, quick lump that way, it was stunning how many things did reflect back that way. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I do that for a couple of reasons. One, those kind of stories interest me, but two, a lot of this stuff feels disposable to me. Uh, a lot of comics feel that way, and they're pretty expensive. And uh, I just feel like you should get one experience when you read it the first time. And then I think that there should be enough there that when you read it a second time, there's a secondary experience. And uh, that's just something I try to put in my work. Um, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. I'm, that that's, that's kind of the point of why I do it that way. I, that, did you have any, you know... Uh, you know, other media stories that are the benchmark for the type of writing that you want to, you know, strive for those kind of dual experiences, you know, and getting more out of a mythology. Um, well, I, I think, I think the kind of stuff I like is just the kind of stuff I've always liked. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't think that there's any real secret sauce or anything like that, but, um, I, I'm still relatively new to writing. I mean, it's, I've only been doing this six years. Like six years ago was the first thing I ever wrote, mm -hmm. nightly news. So, uh, I, regardless of how I'm received or or how this stuff sells or um, or what kind of jobs I have, um, I don't I don't look at myself at all as a finished product. And and because of that, I I'm always trying different things because I, I know that I need to grow and grow at a really rapid pace. And so um, a, lot of, a lot of the things that I do, uh, it, it's simply me playing around and seeing what I can get away with and seeing what is interesting and seeing what works. And hopefully as I continue to do this, I'll, I will get better and better and, and my craft will get sharper and sharper. And um, I... You know, maybe down the road I can do something that I'm I'm really really proud of. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that I mean that's great. Uh, uh, Bob, do you have a follow up? Or are you no no go, okay go go. Cool. Uh, Stephanie, you want to throw a little listener question out? Sure. Um, this one's sort of uh, related a little bit to uh, comics, but more just sort of a general thing from Lauren Colleagues. Um, she wanted to know if you have a background in science or if science is a favorite subject of yours. I guess from. Uh, school or just in general? Well, science is discovery, so it's always interesting, right? I mean, that's, that's, kind, of, that's kind of the point. Um, <laughs> you know, so so I've, always liked, I've always liked that. Um, a, a lot of the way that I am, like I, I, studied, I studied architecture in college. Like I was a design guy. Um, and, and a lot of the things that I do are informed by that. Uh, just the logical progression of how you build something. Um, and, and so I think probably those two things are, are what informs the way I tell stories and, and the, uh, the kind of stuff that, that interests me. Um, I'm not sure if that answers the question, but that's, that's kind, of, kind of how I was. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Bob. Now, uh, Jonathan, uh, related to that, your ability to balance the sort of heavy science aspects of this and, you know, universe-shattering events with the small human personal things is really kind of special. Um, is it difficult for you to, fi you know, to find that balance, or does it come organically for you? 
Uh, I, I don't know. Um, I'm sorry. I wish I had better answers. But uh, you're doing fine. Don't worry. I, I, yeah, I think that uh, I think that I like to tell. Um, like this will probably come as a surprise, but I like to tell stories about characters. Okay, and that seems odd in that I'm mostly telling plot-driven stories uh, at Marvel, where I'm at. Uh, and a lot of that is because of how clearly defined the characters are and that they have 50 to 60 years of history behind them. And really what people are looking for is the soap opera nature of the stories. And so you're kind of, I, I'm not saying that Marvel is limiting, because it's not. It's a really good company, and they've given me lots of opportunities and do lots of cool stuff there. But the kind of stories that I'm telling there are really these big plot-driven pieces. Um, and so that's the difficult part. Adding the little character bits in there is actually much easier, but people... I haven't done enough work for people to see that side of my, my stuff as much, but um, that that's actually the easier bit than the plot stuff. So when you're working, you know, on the this big Marvel stuff, and like you said, you know, there's all this history behind characters. Do you find it more freeing to work on some of the lesser known characters? Like, you know, obviously you've done a few issues of the Avengers where you focused on characters that maybe aren't as widely known as you know the core group is it more freeing to do that or is it more fun well again i don't like being bored so uh i'm generally just going to do <laughs> i'm kind of going to weasel my way into doing what i'm interested in anyway mm-hmm. um so uh, n- no i don't like writing star brand better than i like writing thor mm-hmm. thor's a great character right but uh, it's complicated by the fact that there are lots of other Marvel books being written about Thor and Iron Man and Captain America and Wolverine and Spider-Man. I mean, you guys know these, all, these people all have monthly books and that, with other really good authors or, and writers and artists that are working on them telling these character-centric stories about these guys and their own books. And so any of the development stuff, any of the arc-driven development, uh, story development stuff that happens through character really has to be done through secondary characters in a book of Avengers, or else it's not going to tie in continuity-wise and people don't like that. And uh, I, I just think as a logic problem, it's easier to do it the way that I'm doing it. I don't know that I'm doing it right or wrong at this point because we're way too early into it, but that's, that's kind of my guess. Interesting. Very cool. Um I'm sure. Now, on that, when you uh, decided to do Future Foundation, then as sort of the offshoot of Fantastic Four, was that sort of the reaction to that, where you could now have a clean slate with characters that were either not there at all or were underdeveloped? Excuse me. Uh, Fantastic Four is like uh, Iron Man or Captain America. When I'm the writer of Fantastic Four, I get to write the arcs of those characters. And so... Um, I was able to do that in, in in the regular Fantastic Four book anyway. I mean, that wasn't ever going to be a problem. But we saw it as a chance to do a clear departure point with, uh, you know, Johnny being gone for a year or six, 12 months or 14 months or I don't, I don't even remember how long it was, 10 months, who knows. Uh, we Still, we put out a bunch of issues in between. <laughs> right? Um 
but we, we, you know, it was a marketing thing. Uh, and then what happened was it was big enough that they wanted to keep the book around and they wanted to keep it. The, the idea initially was to not get rid of FF and to not bring back the Fantastic Four title, at which point I said, we should do both. And I can make one about the kids, you know, the expanded roster, and I can make one about the, the, the actual Fantastic Four team. Um, and so it was kind of a compromise. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, Stephanie, you want to throw a little listener question out? Um, sure. Let's see here. Um, so this one's a bit more like uh, towards like the editorial side of things. But um, Adam Shaw wants to know how much does editorial affect your ability to construct these long, in-depth stories? Well, um, I, I would not get to do what I'm doing if I didn't have the confidence of editorial behind me. Like, Fantastic Four was one thing. It was a franchise that was floundering, and they didn't know what to do with it because uh, Mark Miller and Brian Hitch had come on the book, and it hadn't done as well, and those were arguably two of the bigger guys in comics. And so they tried it on the new guy and let me run Riot, and, and I, I did my thing, and... Uh, and it worked, and so that gave me a little bit more rope. Avengers is different. It's the biggest book that we have, it's mm-hmm. the biggest franchise that we have, and so um, everything had to be checked out, and they had to know exactly where I was going, and, um, you know, that they they hired me for the job, knowing what my strengths and weaknesses were, and so, um, yeah, of course, the editorial um, checks off on it, but no, they're not... Um, they're collaborative, not obstruct. They're not an obstruction in any way. I, lo- I love working with Tom Brewer and everybody in his office. They're, they're very good at their job. It's awesome. Uh, we had a, actually a listener send an email in. He wanted to know, and I know we all know about it too, uh, how it's been working on East of West. It's one of the books he said he's most excited for this month. And he would love to hear about the book and what your goal is for is it long term. Um, well, it's a really good book. Um, the writing is okay. The art is exceptional. Um, it's, um, it's, it's out the 27th of this month, March. Um, we're all really proud of it. It's a story about, um, uh, it's a future Western, um, and, and it's about the four horsemen of, of the apocalypse supposed that they're supposed to bring about the end of the world. And there's a big conspiracy and all this stuff, but it's really a book about now and how we all hate each other and um, how bad that is. <laughs> uh, and and it's it's really about kind of about a love story at the end of the world is what it, it kind of is. Uh, it's more than that, but um, uh, that's kind of the the you know the real brief a real brief way to describe it. Um, it, it's it, it's going to be a big book. I mean, we sold and we sold more of that. Um, orders for that were three times more than anything else that I've ever done at Image, you know, outside of Marvel. Um, so plenty of people are going to get to read it, and and store owners are obviously excited to. Um, to, to be able to sell it because they ordered a, just a shitload of them. <laughs> um, and so we're, we're 
nervous and excited, um, but really proud of it. And uh, I think it's going to be something that resonates. And uh, the cool thing about doing a book of image right now is that, um, well, image is great. Image is the you know, Image is why I'm in comics. They gave me my first deal and they published my first books. And uh, I love those guys over there. And uh, it, they're a really hot place to be publishing right now. And clearly they're resonating with all the store owners. But the cool thing about being over there is that I get to do, you know, or, or the, you know, the art teams and the writers and the whoever the creative teams are on the books. Uh, we get to do whatever we want to do. Um, and it's incredibly freeing and wonderful, and the fact that now I'm doing whatever I want to do and people actually want to read it, that's cool. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. So um, I'm pretty grateful. Yeah, uh, Jonathan, I had a uh, listener question from Sarah, and she's a big fan of Manhattan Project and uh, yeah. describes it as completely off the wall and just as thick enough people know about it, and she thought maybe if you explained it to people, it might be better than if I try it. Um, yeah, it's about the guys that, it's an all-history book about all the scientists that worked at the Manhattan Project, um, and it's, what if the Manhattan Project, the, uh, the the secret government plan or project to build an atomic bomb was, uh, was actually a cover for all the other cooler, crazier things that these guys were doing, and what if the scientists involved were not these uh, paragons of, of um, societal change, and instead were really, really bad dudes. <laughs> uh, it's like the it's like the thunderbolt. The, the way I tell Marvel readers about it, it's like the thunderbolt of science. Okay. Well, she was describing scenes of, of Tesla running around with a machine gun and all sorts of things. Uh, yeah, we uh, we uh, we exercise creative license <laughs> monthly. <laughs> uh, and you mentioned how kind of exciting it is to to do it, be able to do whatever you want. But is there, you know, obviously with the Marvel stuff, there there is that there's kind of that structure that you can you you play in. And with the other books, you know, you're you're putting all of yourself out there in these places. Is how is that feeling to be creating something from nothing instead of, you know, following on if, for sixty years of legacy? Well, they're two completely different jobs. I mean, one is you're you're telling perpetual second act stories. It's like soap operas. You know, that's what Marvel's like. Um, at, at Image, generally, we're telling stories that have a beginning, middle, and end, and that's a um, sometimes a, in many ways a more fulfilling exercise because as a storyteller, you want to tell the goddamn story. So, <laughs> I know that's novel, but. There you go. <laughs> no, but absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'll jump in for a minute. Uh, I got kind of an off-the-wall question about the final issue of Future Foundation. We finally, or we got introduced to and get to see the inside of Franklin Richards' closet, uh, kind of this pocket universe that he has where he's able to um, exercise and, and create with his powers. And I'm just curious, how did you go about choosing the scenarios that happened within that space uh, for that final issue? Uh, we threw a bunch of shit into a hat and picked them out. I knew it! <laughs> we said I that. Knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Is that really how it happened? 
Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, why, why would why would we not do that? I mean, why, <laughs> why would that not be the way to decide it? So, I, uh, so there you go. I <laughs> knew it. Um, and also, I wanted to know, um, jumping back to Avengers, uh, did they give you carte blanche for your, your cast of characters in the book thus far, or were there limitations as to who you were able to have on the team because they might be busy in other books and it would be confusing for readers? Uh, Avengers, you mean? Yeah. Um, they wanted the movie characters, which I thought was a fair and reasonable request. <laughs> one I was happy and and I like all those characters, so I, I wanted to do that. And then uh, Tom really wanted us, me to keep Wolverine and Spider-Man in there. Um, and I had no problem with that because, I, I, as you know from Fantastic Four, I enjoy uh, my Spider-Man in small doses. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I like writing Peter, even though he's not Peter right now. Right, right. Um, and I've never gotten to write Wolverine, and I, I like Wolverine. You know? <laughs> nice. Yeah. Everybody should get to write Wolverine once or twice, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then other than that, it's everybody that I, everybody else was, was my choice. So. Nice. Um, so let me ask you this: Now that the, the the Avengers movie has come out, and obviously millions and millions of people have seen it, when you were approached to do the Avengers, did you you wanted to do like your whole theme was we need to get bigger, we need to do something bigger. Were you ever afraid that doing something involving like universes collapsing and things like that might scare people away from the book, seeing as they'd been so familiar with like the funnier, more slapstick aspects that the movie had brought? Well, I don't think you can think like that. I think that's a really, really dangerous way to approach creative endeavors. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if I'm being completely honest, um, I really don't care uh, what most people think of, of the things that I'm, that I'm doing in the books. I'm like the only person that I'm actually servicing is myself because that's the only way that I actually know how to do it. Like, I don't, I don't know how you do that thing where you listen to what everybody is saying and you try and steer the boat uh, towards the most, uh, you know, the, 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 the play in the direction that makes everybody on average, the happiest. I don't, I don't know how you would navigate mm-hmm. something like that. So I think that's a very perilous way to behave. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think that you never give people what they think they want. I think you 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 should do something different. I mean, if you're going to give everybody what they think the next progression should be, what what separates you as a creator from um, you know some some fan on the internet or some fan that wants your job? you know, to, to be really blunt. Um, right on. So, so, and also, you have to look at it at each job differently. Like, my solutions to the, um, to the Fantastic Four problem are radically different than my solutions to the Avengers problem that I was presented with. Um, one needed fixing. The other one did not. It needed... <laughs> something else entirely there's nothing wrong with the avengers as a franchise at all mm-hmm. um you know so i decided to take it and then i i decided to try and project into the future what the next logical what the next several logical steps would be um and so we'll see we'll see i could be wrong but um 
<laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's it's been a bold leap, but I mean, I've been loving it. I know a lot of other people have, too. Mm-hmm. So. Well, it, it's different. Um, New, New Avengers is certainly um, a, a clear mission statement in regards to what is going on with the book, even though it's more heady and even though it's more... Um, like, People understand exactly where we're headed with New Avengers. There are worlds crashing together. You got to kill one, or everybody's, or they're both going to die. Right? Everybody understands right. that yep. scenario. It's very, it's very procedural, um, and so it's easily digestible. Even if it's, even if it puts the characters in a really compromised and difficult place, which is, which is the character drama of that whole thing, which is basically what that entire thing is set up to be. You know, this, this grinder for these characters um, that are big and important and moral that have to do immoral things. Uh, Avengers is really different. I mean, it, it, it's conceptually what we're trying to do as well as thematically, as well as storytelling-wise. It, it's very, very ambitious, and it's <laughs> we're not going to get it all right. I mean, we're just not because... <laughs> Because of the velocity of it, how quickly it comes out, and the scale of it as it increases, um, you know, every every quarter. Um, but it's really going to be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> if, if we do wreck, we're going to kill so many people in the car wreck that people will still talk about it for a while. After <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna mess up, you got to mess up big. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. Don't, don't play it. If you play it safe and mess up, then what? What have you got to show for it at all? Um, right. Uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna die in a in a huge aerial explosion, make it the Hindenburg, right? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, on that basis, did any jaws drop around the office when you said, "Oh, by the way, New Universe seems like a good idea to revisit. Let's you know come up with bring Night Mask and Starbrand back and everything else." Uh, when I took everybody through what was going to happen. Um, uh, there were there were plenty of reactions. I mean, there were plenty of really strong reactions. Um, and I can't talk about it because you know we're we're you know we're two years away from the conclusion right. at mm-hmm. this point. So to talk about it ambiguously is just kind of like a dick. Um, <laughs> but uh, like with Fantastic Four, when I get to the end and then you look back at at what happened, it'll it'll make a lot of sense. And hopefully the ride getting there is is, uh, is a real trip. Oh, I know. Like when uh, the new Captain Universe, you know, deciphers the machine code on the wall. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's no, it's Night Mask. <laughs> like my my brain exploded. It was like, oh, I know what's coming next. I actually read those books. I I told my friend who runs a local comic store, I said, you better pull those new Universe books out of the dollar bins because they're going to just fly off the shelves now. Or not. Yeah. Or not? No, I. No, you know us fans. We're gonna have to find out what happened before. So, at least you'll drive the the sales of the trades up if they even have them. Um. So you you kind of mentioned how quickly Avengers is coming out, and it's coming out very quickly. And because of that, you've worked with several different artists uh, in a very short amount of time. Uh, do you work with each one of them differently, or because it's happening so quickly, do you just have to kind of go about your business the same way? and hope that things work out? Well, the problem is the connective tissue in that something happens in issue nine that is a callback to issue three 
they're all being drawn at the same mm-hmm. time. Right. I mean, logistically, logistically, the way that I work, it, it's proving to be a bit of a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but we'll navigate it as well as we can, and we'll get it right as as much as we can. Um, uh, but we'll, we'll certainly make mistakes, but hopefully they're glorious. <laughs> you know, glorious, disastrous mistakes. Bob, any more? Sure. Um, the the conclusions to both Fantastic Four and Future Foundation were just, you know, so deeply emotional, touching. Uh, and, and your closing essay in those books, talking about you know, the sense of family you brought to that. Was it... I know you had planned it for a long time. Is it was it sort of bittersweet in some ways, sort of walking away at that at that uh, juncture? You were breaking up there really bad. Can you ask me that again? Sure. Um, I was just saying that the closings to both Fantastic Four and Future Foundation are deeply emotional, and your closing essay Absolutely. in those books re- reflected that too. I was just wondering, did you find, even though you had planned it well in advance, that walking away from the books was a little bit bittersweet? Uh, walking away was easy because I was done. Um, uh, th- th- I didn't get to do everything that I wanted to do. Uh, I obviously would have done more with the Parliament of Doom. Um, I-, I really wanted to do this Wyatt Wingfoot story, uh, but but I-, I had to go because we were doing the big switch up Marvel Now okay. stuff. But I got to tell the endings that I wanted to. Um, and when I was done, I was done. Uh, and and I'm. Um, I, I like that stuff. I'm very happy with how it came out. Um, I especially love that FF23 uh, issue, the last yeah. FF issue. So. I mean, you, it's funny because you, you left a big run, you took over a big run. Were there any conversations with uh, Brian Michael Bendis about things to take over from his Avengers run, or was it just very much, we're going we're gonna to keep it I'm tangentially con- connected, but I'm sticking out on my own? Um, well, I think we did a couple nods of the head and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but, um, it's the number one issue. I think it's a real mistake to do a number one issue that's about the 50 or 60 issues that came before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it really needed to feel like a complete departure point. Um, and really, if you're spending your time referencing all the stuff that Brian did, uh, why not just keep Brian on the book? Right. I mean... I don't, I don't, I don't think being Bendis light is a success, is is a successful path for any anyone. Um, and no one respects Brian more than I do. Uh, and I, I certainly, um, I, yeah, I, I don't, I could, I didn't know any other way to to handle it right than to say I'm doing a different thing because Brian has done his thing and I think he said everything that he needed to say and. Um, you know, let, let Brian's thing be Brian's thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and kind of keeping that a little bit, um, uh, Evan had a question. He said, in creating a team of Avengers that more accurately represents the Earth, I said, pretty sure you heard uh, that statement somewhere. How well do you think you've accomplished that goal? I mean that as far as race and gender, et cetera. Well, I think when you start with, um, you know, how, how we the mandate that we started with, which was basically the movie people and Wolverine and mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Uh, I, I think if you, if you're starting with seven white dudes and a white lady, I think, <laughs> I think given that all the characters that we stuck in after that, I think we did a, a better than average job. I think mm-hmm. we did a good job actually. Um, people still probably won't be happy 
Um, I can't, I can't help them with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that, uh, I think you need to do your best, uh, and you're okay with it or you fail. And I, I think we did our best and I'm okay with what, what we did. Um, uh, beyond that, I don't know what else you're supposed to do in scenarios like that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Beyond the fact that we're conscious of it and we're trying to do better, but um, yeah, there's real limitations because, um, well, there are just limitations. You can't help who's popular at Marvel and what what sells. I mean, I'm not. There's nothing I can do about the fact that Wolverine's white and easily popular. You know, <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, my response to that is to write the best Black Panther I can possibly write, mm-hmm. and make it, and put him at the fore, and put him at the forefront of New Avengers. A lot like Brian wrote the best Luke Cage he could, and put him at the forefront of of, of Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I think I think societal progress is you know is like any evolving creature, and that it's not regressive, and we continue to make progress every year, and. Um, I choose to mark progress as positive and not negative, uh, and you know that it's not fast enough. So, absolutely, absolutely, but that's easy because I'm a white dude. So, <laughs> anyway. Now, now of those new characters, uh, the new Captain Universe, I'm just very, very intrigued with. Was it, is it completely new character tomorrow, or somewhere where we've seen before but don't recognize as of yet? No, it's a new character. Oh. Um, Smasher and Captain Universe and the Hyperion that we're using is new. The Nightmath that we're using is new. The Star Ram that we're using is new. Um, I'm sure there are other characters that I'm, I'm forgetting. Uh, Manifold oh. was obviously from Secret Warriors, but he's, he's relatively new on the larger scene. Um you know, I mean, it is what it is. Ex Nihilo and Abyss are new. Um, um, I don't know. I don't even remember who else I've stuck in the book <laughs> at this point because I don't. Because because I, well, I don't. I don't know what's out. I mean, I'm I'm working on issue 18 right now. What, oh, wow. What's out right now? <laughs> wow. That was seven. We uh, just had. Yeah, seven. I think. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so my 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 perception of where we're at and what people have seen, I don't have a goddamn clue. Right. You know? I, I really I really don't. So um, I'm just chugging along. Uh-huh. So. Uh, well, working that hard. Do you have any time to read anything else, or is it just work, work, work? Um, you talking about like comics? Read other comics? Yeah, other comics, whatever books. Yeah, I, people, well, you know. Well, I mean, sure, I read. I read stuff, mm-hmm. but um, I, I, as far as comics, comics kind of sucks now because um, th- this is a thing that nobody tells you. Uh, but but once you're in in like the writers' room at Marvel, uh, you know all the stories, so there are no uh-huh. surprises when you pick up the book. It's, right. it's, it sucks. It's the it's the worst. It is, <laughs> it is truly the worst. Um, and I kind of know a bunch of stuff that's going on with the DC books as well, so, mm-hmm. because we're all friends. And so um, <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the worst thing, man. It really is. Um, so I'm I'm not reading as many comics at all, actually. That's interesting. We've had a lot of guests on. No one's ever said that before when talking about uh, you know why they're not reading comics or even that aspect of it that they know so much of the stories that are, that are going on. Yeah, it's a bummer, man. It's, it's a real bummer. 
Uh, you're, almost reading, you're almost reading the books just to see how they execute what you already knew was coming. Right. Totally just sounded like the Big Lebowski. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, well so, Bob, do you have any other fantastic. questions? Fantastic. Sorry. <laughs> Do you have any questions, Bob? No. Okay. Okay. Uh, Jonathan, uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us. We've taken up uh, more than the time we asked you for. Uh, East of West is on shelves on March 27th, so people should be checking that out. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. Manhattan Projects, uh, Avengers, and uh, New Avengers. Uh, did I miss anything? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Who, knows? <laughs> Who cares? They're all books. You can buy them. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Jonathan, 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 my, I lost my ability of speech at the end of the interview. Um, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us on Talking Comics. Uh, for Steve and Bob, Stephanie and myself, until next time, to be continued. Continued.